0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcasts and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. As you guys saw before, we had some great footage from our van, our what we call our volunteer appreciation night. It's one of my favorite nights in the calendar. And the reason is, is that I don't really have to do anything except walk around and talk and eat food and and, and relax. And, And it's just so much fun to be able to do that and just host that night and put that on for for people. And so as you know, and you would have seen, we did give out some awards and honor people uh, that came on the night for everything that they've done this year. But we put that night on and it's an important night. I think it's just a good reason to uh, get dressed up and go out with your friends and and, and do something. And if anybody here is a volunteer, then you would have seen on the the invite that it said that the dress was cocktail. Just Put up your hand if you know exactly what that means. There is not many of you. And it's really an interesting thing because because I feel like cocktail is a scale. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So at one end of the spectrum, there's like dressed up cocktail and then there's dressed down cocktail. And, And I'll be honest, I'm not sure what it is either. So what I did is I went on Pinterest and I looked up cocktail attire. And I thought, because I want to try to make sure that if you come to something that's at Activate Church, I can nail my own invitation. So, so anyway, I, I looked it up and we sc- scrolled through and I saw some pictures and I, and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to go out and I'm, and I'm going to buy some new pants and uh, I want a new pair of chinos. And in order, honor of this, um, I'm wearing them right now. I don't know if you like them, but, but I, I bought these uh, on, on Friday before van. And interestingly, this was actually the highlight of the evening, my pants. It was absolutely not the highlight of the evening. Nobody noticed that I was wearing pants. Nobody, well, they noticed I was wearing pants. <laughs> I don't know how to recover from that. <laughs> they noticed I was wearing pants. They didn't know I was wearing these pants. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, no, nobody, uh, really cared that I was doing that, but I knew and I cared. And so when I got them, I went home and I said to Sarah, Hey, I've got these new pants and I, and, and I want to wear some shoes with them, but I'm thinking between two. So, so I, I put one shoe on one foot and I put the other shoe from the other pair of shoes on my other foot, and I said, which one? And you look ridiculous whenever you do this. So have you ever have you ever done this? So you say, okay, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, you need to imagine what it's like if I'm wearing both. So, all right, first of all, there's that. i stand on one foot, and then I'll swap my foot, and what about this? And so I am showing the... Shoes that I wear, just imagine that I have another, a second leg that's wearing the same pair of shoes and you can see. And so she gave me her opinion and I took her opinion because her opinion mattered to me. And have you ever asked anybody, hey, does this look okay? I, I don't know if you're just not sure. I don't know, maybe some of us should ask more often. I'm not sure, but, but, but anyway, I, 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 asked that, I asked that question, please don't be offended, come back next week, but, but I asked that a question be, to Sarah because her opinion, it kind of mattered to me, and I think the reason that people ask those questions is because, well, let's be honest, other people's opinions, they matter to us, don't they? Like sometimes you do, you care about what people think. And so sometimes you might care about what people think when it comes to, let's say you play sport, you know, and someone's got an opinion on on the way that you play, right? And, and you heard them talking and sharing that opinion with other people. Well, that matters to you. You know, you, you listen into that. Well, what did they say about me, you know? Or, or if you're a musician and uh, someone has an opinion on the way that you play, you know, I, I don't really quite like the way that you do that. That opinion matters to you. Sometimes people's opinions, they matter to us so much and it can carry so much weight in our lives. Sometimes, uh, you know, imagine you know I'm catching up with some people on a, on a Sunday afternoon and uh, they're in church And so I say to them, uh, hey, did you enjoy church today? And they say to me, yes. Yes. (laughs) They say that the worship was amazing. Gabby was incredible. She was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, she was really good. And was there anything else that was really good on Sunday? Yes. The coffee was incredible. I I really enjoyed my cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good at that. Was there anything else that you really enjoyed on Sunday? Like, I don't know. Oh, uh, what was the message like? Did you like the sermon that was preached? You know, Was that good? Yeah, 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 that was, that was fine. That was okay. Okay, good, 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 right? Because I want to know. I, because without that, I'm, I'm going to struggle. Can you imagine what it would be like to live like that where you just need the approval and the opinions of other people to affirm you in everything that you do? I want to let you know that it's okay to want to do well. But if you need people's approval, it can make you so dysfunctional. So dysfunctional. So let me ask you a question. How important is it for people to like you? I think there is a scale here of opinions. You say, how important is it for people to like you? At one end of the scale, People say, I don't care about anybody's opinions, right? And normally that person has a very high opinion of themselves, which is why they don't care about anybody else's opinions. And they're happy to take their own counsel, and maybe they shouldn't. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people that care way too much, and they're desperate, and they need affirmation, and they need encouragement and they need people to continue to pour into their lives and tell them it's going to be okay, I think that's because they have a low opinion of themselves. And if I was going to be honest with you, I would tell you this. I don't think I've ever met a person that just doesn't care. Most people care. Most people care about what someone thinks about them, but there is a big difference between care and really needing approval. See, if you're the kind of person that needs approval, if you needed it from people, we might call that an addiction. And it's funny with addictions is that sometimes the people that are addicted are the ones that are the least aware of their addiction. They don't really know that they've got it. Yes, I could give up coffee. Do I need one every day? No, I just choose to have one. Sure, I could give up donuts, but why would anybody want to do that? So I have one every day. See, there is a big difference between needing approval and caring. And if you need approval and you feel you're getting starting to get addicted to the approval of other people, it tells us that there is a gap in your identity. And what you're doing is you're bridging that with the opinions of the people that are around you. And I need to tell you this morning, this is so unhealthy. So unhealthy. And the reason I'm preaching this message today is because if you need other people's opinions and approval of you, it will kill your calling. It will destroy your ministry. Look at the person next to you and say, it's going to kill you. Look at the other person and say, hey, this stuff will kill you. Oh, it'll kill you. Let me show you how. Proverbs twenty nine, twenty five, it should come up on the screens. Oh it says this. The fear of men now when it says fear of men, we're not talking about a man that is particularly intimidating or coming to hurt you. The Bible doesn't tell you that the sky is blue and that water is wet. That's not the point. Of course, an intimidating, attacking person would be frightening to everybody. That's not what it's saying. A fear of man is saying a fear of mankind. In other words, a fear of people, a fear of what people will think, a fear of people's opinions is a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So that word snare, yes, it means a bait and hook. So it means something that lures you in, that you think that you want or need, and then the very thing that you think you need traps you. But the word that they use in the original language, it means this specific part of the contraption. It is the noose that catches the animals and by implication, the hook that leads it. So once it's caught then it can be led anywhere it needs to go. My question for you today is, whose opinion is leading you? Whose opinion is guiding your life? Whose opinion matters most to you? Well, how about this? How would you even know if you were being led? Maybe you're not even aware of it. So I thought that today... I would give you a couple of tick boxes. Three points. And if you tick any one of these, it is possible that you are being led and you didn't even realize it. Number one, you worry about other people's opinions. You are what we would consider to be an overthinker. You replay conversations. There are so many smiles all over this place today. You replay conversations over in your head. You reread text messages scanning for sarcasm. You want to make sure what was in there is what was meant and you're not sure that what was written was what they really meant. You are what we consider to be an overthinker. You are so concerned about what people might think and about what people might say. Anybody that's replaying a conversation in their head, two days after it happens, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Because you're worried maybe about what other people think. It's funny how worrying about what other people think makes you dysfunctional. Do you know that even as I stand here today, I I don't particularly feel brave, but not every hero wears a cape, come on. The greatest fear to man is public speaking, and here I am. In fact, people fear public speaking more than death. That is so confusing to me. I don't understand it either, but when it comes to public speaking, people are so worried And I'm not quite sure why, but I can tell you that I certainly worried. I remember when I first had to get up and speak in front of a room full of people and I was panicking and my hands were sweating, I was fidgety, I couldn't get my words out of my mouth, you know, And, and I remember what it felt like. And I think maybe somewhere in the back of our minds, it's because what we're really thinking is, I don't want to make a mistake in front of all of these people, because then they will... Think something about me that I don't like. And so they come up with all kinds of ways to help people break that fear. Do you know how you tell people that you should just picture everyone in their underwear? I have never done that. Just to let you know, I, I can't imagine anything more horrific this morning than me picturing all of you in your underwear. I'm happy for you to wear clothes when I preach, Okay. They come up with all these ideas to help get you past your fears. How about this? What if you were a person, the kind of person, any of these, the kind of person where you post something on Facebook and you keep refreshing to see if you got any likes? <laughs> and you rate yourself. Anything above 30 is great, you know, and you refresh the feed. And if it's low, you think, Why don't they like my post? This is very important to me. I don't understand why they didn't like what I had to say. Maybe it just didn't come up with their feed. That's called consoling. You're consoling yourself, you know? I don't understand it, right? You just need the likes. How about this? How about this? If you're still on point number one, you're still worried about other people's opinions. What if in your workplace right now, nobody knows that you're a Christian? Particularly with all of the yes campaigning that's been happening around the place. What if you, being so afraid of what other people say, it's a secret that you're a Christian? You're undercover. But you are so far deep undercover, you may never resurface as an actual Christian in the minds of other people. You keep telling yourself, I'm doing friendship evangelism, but you've been nailing the friendship thing for five years and nobody knows that you're actually a Christian. What do you do on your weekends? Oh, you know, you found a way to talk around Sundays for the last five years because you don't want to tell people that you go to church. The reason you think like that, the reason you don't speak and you don't share about it, come on, it's a great message. It's an outrageously positive, encouraging message of the gospel. And the reason you don't share it is because you're afraid of other people's opinions. You worry too much about it. That's point number one. Don't know if anybody in this room can tick any of those boxes. How about this point number two? You compromise on your convictions, you compromise on your convictions. There are things in your heart that you know are true, but when you get around a certain group of people, you change and adapt to suit your environment around your kids and your family. Your language is so pure. We literally see the glory just shining upon you But you get to work and your language changes and the kind of stories that you tell change and your convictions shift depending on who you're trying to impress. It's funny how people shift on who they're trying to impress, isn't it? There's a story about a man in the Bible named Peter. He was one of Jesus' disciples. and, And Peter, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit... He went out and he preached the gospel and the church was growing and day by day there were people that were being saved and added to the church. I mean, remarkable. And then uh, some of the uh, Jewish leaders and they came and they threatened them and they said, hey, we're going to put you in prison if you keep preaching the gospel. Well, I know what I would have said if that was going on. I would have said, God, could you please get rid of their threats? Would you please... Um, destroy their threats, or maybe the people i don 't care. Just get rid of it i don 't want anything i, I, I don 't want any harm to come to me that 's not what Peter prayed. Do you know what he said? He said, Lord. Make us bold to keep preaching make us bold ah uh, hey, isn't Peter good well like, he's so bold uh, let, let, let it, i don 't care about what those people say i don 't care for their opinion i 'm going to keep preaching the gospel Peter's awesome except that Paul tells us this story about one time when he was eating with some people that weren 't Jewish called Gentiles and then some of the Jewish his Jewish mates came along and as soon as he saw them he stopped eating with the Gentiles and separated himself from them and said oh no 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 I can't eat with them. And Paul calls him on it. And he says, Peter, you actually know that what you're doing is wrong, but why is it when you get around the wrong people, you completely change your convictions? You see, you might not try to be impressing everybody, but there might be some people you're trying to impress and it changes your attitude. It changes your convictions. You know, I've discovered that there is a cool group in every single environment, I don't know how they form, I don't know what makes them popular, but they're in schools, they're in sporting clubs, they're in workplaces, they might be peers, they could be bosses, it doesn't matter, but they exist in almost every single environment. And when you want in and you're willing to compromise your convictions to get close to people and impress people whose opinion I think really doesn't matter, that's when you know you've got a situation on your hands. How about this? This is a little more pointed, okay? I think and care so much about young people that have made the decision when they're single to save their virginity for marriage. And then under pressure from either peers or a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something like that, they cross a line they said they would never cross. They compromise convictions. Why? Why? Because they're thinking and they care so much about what other people think. You know what's happening? They're being led. They're being led. They're being led. That's number two. All right, number three. This is the last one. You always say yes. Always say yes. Because you don't want to disappoint people. You don't want people to be disappointed in you. So you overcommit with your time and your tasks because you want people to be pleased with you. I discovered this very early on when I started serving full-time at church. It got to the stage where whenever anybody said, I really need to meet with you, I said yes. The problem was is that when I keep saying yes, I'm actually saying no to my family on Saturday because that's when I end up doing my work because I said yes all week. So what you need to do is learn to say no sometimes. Learn to say no occasionally. If you try to make a meeting with me on a Wednesday, never going to happen. Because that is the day that I spend time with God and write my message and I need that to be done and that's very important. And I don't want my kids to have to pay the price on the weekend because I just didn't want to disappoint people. Now, if you tick any one of those three, You're worrying about other people's opinions. You compromise your convictions. You always say yes. You may have today, for the first time, self-identified as a people pleaser. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so glad that you understand this. And if you have discovered this, it will make you a dysfunctional Christian. It always has. In fact, 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians to a church that he planted and he was concerned because there were people that were creeping into this church plant that he had planted and he had given them the gospel message and told them what it was and let's face it it's a pretty simple message god loves you so much that he sacrificed jesus and punished him for your sins and if you confess that and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead then you will be saved it's a simple message you wouldn't think it was hard to mess up and get these people moved into town and suddenly they were saying, oh, no, 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 you need to add stuff to your salvation. So you get saved, yes, but it's only because of the works that you do. And this is what Paul writes in response to the Galatians. You should have it on screen. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed." As we have said before, so I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. And this is where it really starts to get pointed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Following Jesus makes it really hard to please people. Just learn that lesson now. I saw an interview with Rick Warren uh, a few years ago, and it just got stuck in my mind. He was being interviewed on the issue of same-sex marriage, and he said this on a national news program that was being broadcast. He said, I, I just believe in traditional marriage as the way that God has, has uh, ordained it between a man and, and a woman. And he said, the reason that he said that, he, he followed it up with why. He said, I just care so much more about what God thinks than what people think. And he just lived out of that conviction. You need to know if you're trying to please everyone, you'll fail. Do you know why? Because they don't all agree. They don't all agree. And if I please Matt, I might disappoint Michael. But then I please Michael, and then I disappoint Anne. And I can't win. You will fail. This is so important that you understand that your job is not to please People everywhere, because if you're trying to please people, you won't please God. Let me say that again. If you're trying to please all the people in your life, you won't please God. There should be times in your life as a Christian where you see things that are so anti-God, so anti-Christianity, that you can't help but be compelled to respond You should see these things. They should be obvious and open to you and you should notice them. And if at that point you decide to keep your mouth shut in favor of remaining a secret what you really believe because you're afraid that rather than pleasing people, you're going to upset people and you'd rather appease everyone, oh, this is going to make you a dysfunctional Christian. You're not going to be able to start living out what God's put into you. We run something here at church at Activate Church called Growth Track. And Growth Track, part of it is that we do this week, week three, and part of it is discovering your gifts and your talents, right? So what God has put into you. And, and, and you fill out all the questions, and, and I love it. It's so much fun. And, and you fill this in, you do this little Q&A, and you get to the end, and then it tells you, it's, it's not the script for the rest of your life, but it helps to reveal some of your passions and your calling will probably be in the vicinity of your passion. So, so when you get that, let's say, let's say, for example, imagine it comes back and it says that you are meant to be a missionary. And the moment that you get that, you say, oh my gosh, missionary, boy, do you really think so? Do you really think so this says here that I am meant to be a missionary but but i i 'm not sure do you, do you see it Michael? do you see it? Do you see it would, would you do you think that I, do you think I could really be a missionary i don 't know i don 't know Matt what do you think do you Do you really think that I could be a missionary i 'm not sure if I see it. Let me tell you, if you have to win the opinion and have approval from every single person in the room, you're going to have a really hard time fulfilling the things that God has placed in your heart. It's going to become really difficult for you if you need everyone to approve of you. And this is what will happen to you. Just so you know, you'll become an incredibly insecure person. And if you're looking for security trust me, you're not going to find it in the mouths and the opinions of all the people that disagree anyway. It's just not going to happen for you. If you want to find security, you need to attach it to something that's out of this world. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. When I say out of this world, this is what I think. I think if you found it in this place and here on earth, you can lose it. Whatever you find here, you can lose here. But if you find something that's out of this world, that's actually from another place, that comes from God, and he affirms you of your identity and who you are, and you find your security in him, then you don't have to win the opinions of everyone else. You don't have to worry about all that stuff anymore. You know that the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions, That is not what I see all the time. And if we were bold because we were self-righteous, then we would be those people with the high opinions of ourselves. But that's not what that scripture is talking about. We are righteous because of what Christ has done for us. So with an attitude of humility, we say, God, I am what you say I am. I can have what you say I can have. I will do what you say I can do you get, you getting this today, church. Are you understanding this? That if you get that from God, that's what you need to make up your identity. You don't need to find security in the mouths of all the other people that disagree. I've got to tell you, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of this, this is not an excuse to take your own counsel and ignore the wisdom of everyone else that's in your, that's in your life. Did you know that God actually places people in your life to give you wisdom, so you're supposed to listen to them, but you just don't have to listen and win the approval of everyone. Does it make sense? And once you think that you're right, can I remind you that the Bible says, let your words always be seasoned with salt? This is not an excuse to be arrogant or mean. It is a reason to be secure in who you are. You know, there are some people whose approval might actually benefit you. Let's take, for example, in your workplace. If you're just making up your own rules, and they call you to account, and you go in and see the boss, and they say, you can't be doing that stuff, and then you say, well, my identity's in Christ. Get ready to get fired. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. You actually need some people's approval, but there is a difference between needing their approval to form your identity and your security... And having it in God. They can have an opinion. Just don't let it complete who you are as a person. I love what Paul Scanlon says about this. He says, not being liked won't kill you. Now, for those of you that like to be liked, it sure might feel like that. But it won't kill you. You, you can't please everyone. But you can please Someone. It just matters whose opinion you're most concerned with. There's a, a great man in our church. His name is Keith Townend. He told me this story years ago and it just stuck with me. In one of his previous roles, he came in and he was the CFO and uh, so he looked after all of their finance. And so he came in and met with one of the directors and they said to him, you need to sign off on these accounts. And Keith looked at them and he said, well, I'm not prepared to do that because I don't believe that these accounts are correct. They don't reflect you know, the right, the right figures. And his boss looked at him and he said to him, you've got 24 hours to sign off on these accounts and if you don't, you're finished. So Keith went home had a great conversation with his wife, probably went something like this. Hey, babe, just want to let you know I'm getting fired tomorrow. (laughs) She's like, God's got it. Just want to let you know. Walks back in there the next day and his boss says, so are you signing off on these accounts? And he said, no. Three days later, his boss came back with the correct figures and Keith signed him off. And I'll tell you why I love that story. He wasn't concerned about other people's opinions. He wasn't prepared to compromise his convictions. He didn't care about any of that. He was just wanting to make sure that he did the right thing because it matters to him. I think this is why Paul says, if I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Let me ask you a question. What makes you worry about what other people think? What makes you worry? Because if you want freedom from the fear of other people's opinions, you have to know whose you are, not who you are. You need to know who you belong to. If you're a person that struggles profoundly with insecurity, and you worry and you ticked any of those boxes that I talked about today, well, God has an opinion too. And in my opinion, his is the one that matters most. And if you're here and you are a Christian, you should know this. He has adopted you into his family. He adopted you. He chose you. And he wanted you in his family. And even if you feel like in your life, everyone has rejected you. And everyone has pushed you away. He didn't. He said, I want you. You're not just someone we keep around. You're part of my family. Do you know that you are a a son and a daughter to the King Most High? That you are, in fact, what the Bible calls a royal priesthood. You know what makes you royalty? You're a son and daughter of the king. You've been adopted into his family. And the Bible says that if you love God and and, and you confess him, then he approves of you. Maybe the, the people that you're trying to win the opinions off. They're not the people that matters. Maybe if you're looking to ground your security and your identity in something, you should find it in the one whose opinion matters most. I think, by the way, that this is exactly what Paul did. Because have you ever noticed how Paul starts his letters? Can I read it to you? Paul, an apostle, that's his calling, not from men nor through man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I think that Paul just included that last part about raising him from the dead because he just wanted everyone to know whose opinion matters most. It's almost like he's saying, you can say whatever you want, but I'm going with the God that raises people from the dead. You can have your opinion, but me, my calling, who I am, who God says I am, that comes from him. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Father. And I live for that. That's, that's the opinion that I have of myself. It's whatever God says I am. Whoever God says I am. And so here's what you need to do. You need to figure out whose opinion matters to you most. Because if you do, you'll live free from the opinions of other people imagine that oh just imagine that here's what i want to do today won't you stand to your feet we trust you enjoyed this week's message for any more information about activate church check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week